With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. There's a lot of openings, and there's a lot of folks that are going to be interviewed. Here is a sleeper candidate for you right here. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, uh, a guy that was with the 49ers, came over to the Browns to work under Andrew Berry. Uh, and he does have a background in analytics, but also in personnel. And this is a guy that's been involved in everything that the Browns have done uh, and every decision that they've made. Barry and the staff have brought him in. And I'm told he spent a lot of time with the scouts in San Francisco because he knew that that was an area of his game that he needed to strengthen. So this is a guy that you're going to hear a lot from moving forward. Do not be surprised if his name comes up in the GM cycle of this uh, round Right here. Colleen, how about people already trying to raid the Browns front office? Wow. Wow. Mike Garofolo a few weeks ago on Good Morning Football, a, a soothsayer. Called it. A soothsayer. Because we have breaking news. This is a special live emergency edition of Purple Daily here. Mackie Judd, executive producer, Declan. All of this presented by our friends at Surly Brewing and also TCL TVs for your weekend football viewing. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the Browns Vice President of Player Personnel, Wall Street background. He spent six years with the San Francisco 49ers, heading their research department, is the new Vikings GM. A new era of Vikings football officially begins today, gentlemen. Dare I say this? A new era of football period across the board. The thought processes are going to to change. I I mean, this is, I think this is more impactful on the Vikings organization uh, than the Falvey Levine hire was on the twins because they brought, they brought sort of what was an existing thought process already with a lot of teams, right? To the twins. Now it up, it updated and upgraded the twins, but it wasn't unprecedented. The only real example that we have of analytics going this deep in football was the experiment that the Browns themselves did about five or six years back, and they sort of aborted that one. Now, clearly, they still retained some very smart people at that time. Uh, but, I mean, this is, a, this is a monumental shift in thought process. It's going to be a change in probably – how their entire football operations department works and thinks, Phil. So this is a very big day and and a very big experiment, in my opinion, not just for the Vikings, 
but in football period. And as I've been saying, if they went in the direction that they now have, it's my opinion that the ceiling is incredibly high. Like if this works, it's going to change things. But we don't know. And so the floor is scary as well. Uh, but it's a it's basically as far as I'm concerned in some ways, a football chemistry experiment. Yeah, but and, and and really, there's less to lose than I think a lot of people think, right? That you know, when you think about the risks, like what if you what if you hire a non-traditional GM candidate? What if you hire an inexperienced head coach? What if you move on from Kirk Cousins? It's like you're winning seven or eight games here. Yeah, you know, you've made the playoffs once in four years. It's it's not like you're protecting this 12 win organization from tanking. Like you're you're actually closer to the number one overall pick than you are to competing for a Super Bowl in in many ways. So I, I love the shot. I love that he has a non traditional background. I think I think some people are are mistaking his Wall Street background for well he's a numbers guy. Like isn't he is it, he's a cap guy or he's going to be sort of a duplicate of Rob Brzezinski? No, it's 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 less that and it's more about his decision-making and thought process. And there's a great article here from The Athletic. I think this is from Chad Graff. Uh, it's actually, it's, I'm sorry, it's a combination of uh, Lindsey Jones and a couple others from The Athletic here. And Lindsey Jones writes, this is part of their uh, 40 under 40 in the NFL series from before this hiring cycle. Quasi Adolfo Mensa has an analytics background, but both in San Francisco and Cleveland, he bridged departments and had a major role in all parts of football ops. So he was working a lot with take the scouting information. Now, is he going to be able to go in like a longtime grizzled scout and you know, observe the same things? Not necessarily, but that's I don't think that has to be your job. I think your job is to take all the information available, all the variables, and also weigh short-term versus long-term, all the things that go into deciding, is this individual stock a player or the entire portfolio? Is it balanced the right way? Like That's his background. Mm-hmm. taking in all of the different variables and numbers and information and everything and making decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the article goes on to say, uh, praising his general cognitive abilities. He's a super, super bright guy, and that comes across within the first two minutes that you meet him. Also, probably just as importantly, his people skills, which, you know, what do they say? When you fire people in sports, you hire the opposite. I think Rick Spielman was much more of a people person than Mike Zimmer was. But Mike Zimmer left a bad taste in the mouths of a lot of players, people in the front office, ownership. So they're looking for people with people skills. Why can't you people see that? I'm a people person, damn I'm it. I'm a people person. Uh, you could see how he has been able to build relationships across a number of different groups during his time in San Francisco. Uh, the other thing was his breadth of understanding of the sport and football operations. So even though he formally led the 49ers research group, you could tell that he understood team building, people, relationships, and managerial skills at a much higher level. And so they're not just hiring some analytics nerd. Let's bring some analytics nerd in here. To, they're bringing in someone who has a background in analytics, data, decision-making, and someone that they think can be an overall leader and builder of a front office and a coaching staff and a roster. And what so, they're going to have I love it. Well, and the thing that now is going to be intriguing to, to watch too is he clearly is a smart guy that can process lots of thoughts and and, and probably will seek out input uh which again is exactly what the twins do like the twins we've talked about this the twins go and and ask a lot of different people what do you think the question becomes this 
and and it's probably going to be the first time um, in Kwesi's, uh career that he has this. He is at the, ultimately at the end of the day going to have to make the decision. So he can process, you know, from what the assistant GM to the janitor says, but it's going to come back to him. And, and now the question becomes: Can you make and can it be right as well a decision? There are so many things about this, though, now that are going to play out. And I'm sure that some fans will love it and some fans won't. But one thing that that he talked about in his press conferences when he did speak, which is, I think, ordinarily uh, after some draft picks in Cleveland. And I love this fact. He is clearly a guy that sees the it's wise to draft good players and find places for them. Yeah. So it's not a, we need a, a a running back and that's it. It's uh wait, wait, this guy can do this, but he also can do this and, and this. So like we are going to see, again, a different thought process applied than I, I think not just what we were used to from Rick Spielman, but from football executives, because they are, for the most part, very regimented people. Like they've got their this guy plays this spot, and then and you've started to see that shift a bit. I think it's going to shift it a lot, but there are so many interesting talking points um, as far as where this could go now. And the fact that he got a four year contract is good because it gives him some time to build. And I'm sure if he's going to examine this roster and this team, like we're talking about right now, he's not saying I love this team. So, so like what Mark Will said super competitive that's fine but this strikes me as a guy who very much is going to come in and change things too and mold the team in the vision of how he and the coach see it as opposed to this is how you mold a normal football team. yep and and I'll, I'll get into some of the the Cleveland roster building here I was going through this morning just anticipating that this would be final and just trying to figure out you know what have they done in Cleveland? Where do they allocate their cap space, et cetera? I just want to address this one comment here from uh, Gunnar Johnson because I think a lot of people probably feel similarly about why would you hire an analytics guy? You know, you know Ryan Poles, who the Vikings also had as a finalist, was more of a traditional football guy. Right, he played offensive line, cup of coffee in the NFL, um, thirteen years as more of a traditional scouting background and managerial background in Kansas City. And Gunner says, Phil loves it. Remember all of, of all of the titles that Moneyball won the A's? Sort of sarcastic because the A's have been the Moneyball team for 20 years in baseball, but they've never won a championship. But here's the biggest difference, okay? Two things. Number one, Moneyball is about information gathering and looking for inefficiencies in the marketplace. And so in baseball 20 years ago, on-base percentage wasn't valued as much as it should be. And the Oakland Athletics took advantage by finding these little hidden gem on base machines with a shoestring payroll, and that helped elevate them when compared to some of the higher payroll teams. In baseball, the A's have always had a bottom three or a bottom five payroll, and despite that, they win 90 to 100 games more often than almost any team in baseball the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Even though they haven't won a championship, when you start to compare wins per dollar spent on the roster, the Oakland A's are among the best franchises in all of sports in North America the last 20 years, okay? Uh-huh. If you give the Oakland A's the same payroll and the resources that the Yankees have, the Red Sox have, the Dodgers have, then they would also be able to add $100 million worth of you know second-level contracts, third-level contracts to their, to their team. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, General Manager Andrew Friedman for years and years. Now he's the Dodgers GM. 
for years and years. He came from Wall Street. He, I want to say, was hired at like age 29 to be the Tampa Bay Rays general manager. And immediately that team starts winning 90, 95 games, goes to a World Series, right? They didn't win a World Series because they have a shoestring payroll and they have very little margin of error. The Dodgers hire him, and he applies Moneyball principles to a big payroll team. Boom. They win a World Series. In the NFL, payrolls are equal. There's a salary cap. And so if you have the smartest Moneyball front office and they get the same playing field as the other teams financially, you can see how this will work. And in Cleveland, I know they missed the playoffs this year. Bunch of injuries. Baker Mayfield is one of the worst starting quarterbacks. and Some of it was injuries for him, too, this season. But they have a playoff-ready roster and $35 million in cap space and quarterback flexibility if they want it to. Like What they've done in Cleveland the last two or three years is really, really interesting. And they're going to be competitive next year, too. They might even make a switch at quarterback. But I love what the Browns have done. And if Adolfo Mensa is one of the driving forces behind what they've built, Another reason why this is a good hire. And you just, when it comes to especially GMs, you, for the most part, don't know. Like, I, I think it's, I think that it's a very interesting discussion and it's a very interesting move. But like to sit here right now and be like, this is going to work for sure. We don't, we have no clue. The thing is, what's interesting to discuss about it is it's a very, very different direction, not just for the Vikings, but for most teams. And that's where this could work great, and it would be awesome. And it and if this works, it's going to, I think, 100% impact how teams hire going forward. If it doesn't work, it could be a disaster. But guess what? Then you get a first first round, first overall pick, possibly, or second. So, but as far as, like, I like to save my hot takes for the coaches. Because there we, like, know a little bit more, right? Like, like at least we have a feeling. We don't know on this, uh, but it's that doesn't make it not interesting to talk about. And look at the at the end of the day, there's one question: Can Adolfo Mensa and his people find a quarterback? Like, I don't care if if you use uh, a compass, a geometry book, a scouting book, whatever you need, whatever your Bible is to find a quarterback who's really good that's the key thing right that's the most the single most important thing probably in all of sports there's a huge chunk of the fan base quarterback that's going to tell you that they already have a quarterback and they I, need they need to I'm lower no the longer ca- they hold on they yeah. need to lower the cap hit i'm no longer talking to them i understand what you think let me throw this out though because there's a huge chunk of the audience that will, will say kirk has never been supported he's never had a head coach of like, well, he's had coordinators, but like he's never had offensive infrastructure. Brian O'Neill was just named as a Pro Bowl replacement today, and and I and our friend Eric Eager and I, I'm gonna guess this is right. Said this is only the second Vikings offensive lineman to make a Pro Bowl since 2010. So a lot of people are gonna yeah. say, why would you start over at quarterback before you give the current quarterback the resources and infrastructure that he really hasn't had in four years with the Vikings? Yep. I know what you're going to say. You don't care. And I agree. Like, I would go find a new quarterback, too. But that's true of a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys who I would personally trim out here. I am not worried about 2022. And, and look, personally, if I, if I got this job, Kirk is gone, 
Harrison Smith is taking a major pay cut or he's gone, Adam Thielen has a good chance of being gone. I'm personally going to look at Delvin's contract. Yeah, it's tough this year, but yeah. Right, right. But but my point is, this isn't just a Kirk thing. This is a, But this guy's going to go through this entire thing now and apply his principles. And I guarantee you, it, he's not going to sit down wearing a 22 Harrison Smith purple jersey and being like, well, I can't cut this guy. I bought his jersey at a game. Okay? Like, let's look at this as teams do. I'm just, did, Rick, I'm still, did, did Rick Spielman have a Harrison Smith jersey on? Nobody him loved him because he drafted him and he was his guy, and I understand that. But I'm just I'm so I'm so tired of these discussions creeping into uh um a fan's view as opposed to how does the team think. The team doesn't the team doesn't look at Kirk and think, well, he deserves a chance. They look at one thing right now, his payday. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if Quezzy calls me. I'm going to tell them I can identify every winner and every loser on this roster from a mentality standpoint. And right now you got some losers. Yeah. His, his background in his wall street career, his background heading the research department in San Francisco, his work with Cleveland all screams. He understands markets. He understands, okay, you have, you have a capped amount of money you can spend on a team and so you want to make sure that you're not overspending on certain positions. Like one of my biggest pet peeves with the Vikings is the allocation of their. It's not. It's not about like in baseball. Sometimes it's about how much money are you spending. In football, everyone's equal. Mm-hmm. You have to spend up to a floor. There's only like you know ten percent wiggle room between the bottom and the top spending teams. And so it's about how you're spending that money. And the Cleveland Browns, like the the Vikings, spend so much money on running back safety and a good, not great quarterback. And they spend the most money on linebackers of any team in the NFL the last few years. Yes. The Cleveland Browns have a top 10 offensive line, according to PFF, a top 10 pass rush, according to trenches, right? According to PFF. Uh, They have the best pass coverage unit in the NFL, mostly secondary, but it also includes all aspects of pass coverage. They've got some weapons on offense. And then when you look at the way that they spend money, of their top eight highest-paid players, no linebackers, no running backs, no safeties. Yeah, it's linemen. Yes, it's pass game weapons. It's a it's Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and a cornerback. And now Baker's in there too, but they're paying Baker right now because he's still on a rookie scale contract. Like, I want to say sixty per. They're they're paying him basically like forty percent of what Kirk's cap hit is for next year. So. I love the way that they allocate their resources cap-wise. You have to rebalance your portfolio. You can't wake up and say, oh, we're paying linebackers, safeties, and running backs, and a good, not great quarterback. That's how you stumble into seven or eight wins. And how long have we, because it wasn't our idea, how long ago did the league trend here? We talked about Dalvin Cook, great player. But when he was up for a contract, we did shows, we did segments, we did long segments on Okay, this has nothing to do with Dalvin as a player. It has to do with where he plays, and yeah. he plays the wrong position. It's not his fault. It's not our fault. It's very dependent, and fans are like, you can't do anything. You can't do anything about that. It's like, no, look at everything you just said is spot on. And Quezzy's going to see that, and he's going to say, you know what? We can't. In fact, I, I would argue right now. If one player, if one highly paid player who's probably going to have his contract tweaked but is safe, Daniel Hunter. Because he's going to look at that skill set and he's going to say, 
that one's hard to replace and he should be paid, right? He's still in his prime. But he's going to look also, and, and I'm just trying to brace folks for this, he's going to look also at Justin Jefferson, who's a great player, K.J. Osborne, who's emerging, um, and he's going to say Adam Thielen is an aging out, very solid player who we don't need. Mm-hmm. And fans are going to say, you can't do that. And he's going to say, not only can I do it, I have to do it for the good of this team. It's not about the jersey that you own. It's about the jersey that you wear. That's what this is about. That is, we should put that on a... It's about the jersey. You wear a purple jersey, (laughs) not a 19... Frame this above the Vikings practice facility. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I think sometimes you say it in such a dismissive way, like get rid of Thielen and get rid of like those players deserve to be honored and respected. Those are Ring of Honor Vikings players. I understand your point, which is you can't pay for past performance. You've got to focus on your next three to five year window. And I I think 2020. I don't think 2022 has to be a garbage, you know, full rebuilding year by any means. The Vikings have enough talented players, but. 2022 should be about building a bridge to 2023 when you're going to have like $90 million in cap space. If you want it, you can be free from the Kirk cousins contract. You know, I, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm all about what you're saying. I, I I do think sometimes you're quick to just like crumple guys up and throw them out because old people have to, unfortunately, you lack empathy. I don't like (laughs) empathy. I just guarantee you these discussions are taking place like this. Like they're they're trying to be careful publicly, and I I get that, and that's smart. But privately, Bill Guerin walked into a room and told told his owner, "I'm cutting one of your best buddies from this team." And yes, you know why sir. I'm doing it? So we can win. Yeah. You don't think that uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa is going to get up at his introductory press conference, talk about collaboration for five minutes, and then unveil a list of the veteran players he's about to trade or cut? All right. Thanks You're for having me, everyone. Really excited. <laughs> Really excited to collaborate and uh, really excited to rebuild this culture. Okay, let's talk about Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, Anthony Barr, and Kirk Cousins for a second here. Here's my goal. I want, in fact, I will come back and and be empathetic and be very kind. Here's my goal. My goal is for as many of the Vikings' longtime favorite veterans in this town to win a Super Bowl in 2022 as possible. Just not here. I think Harrison Smith deserves to be on a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think I think we should play the clip here, Dex, from Mary Kay Cabot. I think yeah. you know, we're not going to dive super deep on this because we're we're going to get to some write that down predictions here and, and whatnot. But um, Mary Kay Cabot has been a Cleveland Browns beat writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer for twenty plus years, thirty years, something like that. Thirty years, I bet she's great. And. Uh, this is she's speculating here, but she's not the type to just throw stuff out there. So reckless speculation. Uh, if Quazy is the general manager in uh, in Minnesota, and they want to do some things in terms of uh, you know trading Kirk Cousins or uh, or rebuilding or whatever the case may be, then of course there would be a discussion. I would think that would take place between them and the Cleveland Browns about Kirk Cousins, because as we mentioned before, the Browns are going to have to uh, turn over every single stone to make sure they have the best team they can get going forward. That of course includes everything, including quarterback. I mean, they never said they wouldn't do that. I just want to say, all right. Reckless speculation.
she just answered the question when we talk about moving Kirk for a pick or whatnot. And, you know, people always come back and say, well, if you guys are so down on Cousins, why would any other team pick up that contract in a trade? Well, the contract's not even really that bad anymore if you're willing to commit to a two- or three-year extension if your team is in the right position. I still think he has enough fatal flaws to where even if he gets in the right place, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl with him. But the Browns are the perfect type of team. They've got $35 million in cap space. They can move off Baker Mayfield to eliminate another chunk of money, Right, kick him back to the Vikings, or maybe there's a third team involved. And that roster is kind of ready-made. If they just get some more consistent quarterback play, they can definitely get back to the playoffs, maybe win the division. I don't know that they can beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. But that's the type of team that would look and say, man, this defense is ready. The offensive line is top 10. It's certainly better than the Vikings. Kevin Stefanski and Kirk have a working relationship with each other. He's an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. It's the, it's the perfect type of team to have a conversation with. And guess what? You take Baker back here and get a draft pick. It works perfectly. And Stefanski is going to say, I can fix the flaws. And you know what? Good luck to him. Perhaps he can. I don't know. But he's he's going to say Zim, rightfully so, probably treated Kirk like crap. I'll fix that. Now, I think when the pressure gets up on Kirk, it's going to be a problem. But that's my personal opinion. Who cares? So, yeah, I think it works out absolutely perfectly. And and Kirk Cousins will be seen, I'm telling you, by more than one team as, uh, well, we can fix this. And it doesn't matter what. I think if they think that, oh my, you know what? Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl. Go for it. Um, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And and the last thing too. So Mary Kay did a big story that uh, pissed off Baker a few weeks ago about how the culture in Cleveland was just completely upside down and was. But here's the important yeah, Baker thing: Baker and Stefanski weren't getting along. And yes, stuff, yeah. and and so so Baker lashed out. Don't care about that. Here's the important thing. Mary Kay, incredibly well plugged in, and I would hazard a guess that some of the information she got came directly from Stefanski or people who know him really well, mm-hmm. and and therefore the Baker stuff and the Kirk stuff from her carries more credibility because I guarantee you she's talking to people in those camps who are saying, oh, Kevin really likes Kirk, or heck, it might be him saying, I really like Kirk. So so don't dismiss, like, she's not guessing, and she knows enough to know that there is almost no chance that the Browns are going to bring Baker back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, this is so, this, these next two months are just going to be a freaking blast. The Vikings, new era of Vikings football, new coach on the horizon here sometime in the next couple weeks. You know, uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa has a connection to D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. As we said on Purple Daily yesterday, he also has a connection to Jim Harbaugh. Does he go young coach, inexperienced, or or defer a little bit more to a veteran guy now because he's new at this job? He also worked with um, Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, when Kevin was in San Francisco. So there's some... There's a couple current connections of young up-and-coming guys in their 30s. 
it would be kind of kind of trippy to go from uh, what's Rick like? Rick's like fifty eight years old, I want to say fifty nine, and Mike Zimmer was sixty five, and then you turn the franchise over to a forty year old and like a thirty seven year old or something. But yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting, and uh, we got you guys covered. We should probably because we have we got to get to write that down predictions and all kinds of other stuff. So we should probably wrap this emergency live episode. But uh, if you are hanging out with us, click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and the like button so we can spread the word about this new era of Vikings football. As we say every episode, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And you can't do that without a general manager, right? So they have a general manager. So let's do a, let's do a cheers, Judd. You got your coffee mug there. Maybe you got a can of Surly here. Cheers to a new era of Vikings football. Surly. See? Okay. Uh, GM here, GM here, coach here. What do they have in common? That's exactly right. They're both Surly, inanimate objects. Brewing company. No, no, no. They're both the best thing in town, including, of course, my personal choice, the Surly Furious IPA. You know what? As as we now go towards a coaching search, there's only one way to conduct that search, and I hope the Vikings are doing it, and that's with Surly Furious on the table for everybody who likes a good beer. Nice, nice. Also, hey, if you're looking for uh, better protection, maybe you're looking to upgrade your offensive line. If you're a business like the like the Browns have done over the last few years with Quasi Adolfa Mensa at the helm, Federated Insurance is here to help you. They're all about risk management, all about maximizing the success of your business. They're a Minnesota-based company since 1904, and you can find out more about their tools, resources, and people at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys. There it is. Vikings have a new GM. Soon they will have a new coach. And uh, we'll be back actually a little bit later, two episodes today. Write that down predictions also on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. See you guys.